I must tell the Oilem this incredible story, um, only because I heard this story this morning from the person it happened to, and um, this has got absolutely nothing to do with anything, but who cares, because it's an amazing story. It's just an amazing story. The story goes like this, okay? Um, a fellow came to see me today. A boy, a man, that I was in yeshiva with over 20 years ago. I haven't seen him for 20 years. It was a big simple to see him. He'd have chakras with us here this morning, if you saw the back, he saw the side of the back. So I haven't seen him literally for 20 years. In fact, when I saw when he came in, I had no idea who was. I went over to him and said, Shalom Aleichem, what's the name? And I'm like, whoa. He told me he was coming, but he didn't tell me when. Anyway, amazing to see someone that I haven't seen for 20 years. We were in Yeshiva together. Amazing. Anyway, the point was like this. He sits down with me after during breakfast, and he tells me this story. He was telling me a story about how his life developed generally getting to the idea of Ashkacha Pratas and how the Rabbani Shalom runs our life. And I think maybe this is such a beautiful idea, you know, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sayyid to think about how the Rabbani Shalom runs our lives, how the Rabbani Shalom controls everything that we do and everything that happens to us. To cut a very long story, a little bit short, and want to get to what we are, or get to the crunch, he, you know, he was he was learning in Kailal, and for whatever reason he had to go to make it more, more of a panosa for the family. And he decided he wanted to do something that would be relevant, and something that would always be in demand. So he became a nurse. He became a nurse, wanted to do something in the medical field, whatever. And uh, that, that's what he was doing. So it means he had a lot of training in medical things. This was not long ago. Uh, he lives in America, in, uh, in New Jersey. Anyway, so the point is like this. The point is like this. About three years ago, about three years ago, this story happened. He was um, in a place where they had a pool with a gate around the pool. And they had a great time. The kids were in the pool. Everything was wonderful. He was there with another family as well. They got out. They got everyone out of the pool. Made sure everyone was, no one was there. They locked the gate. Okay. Secure. Well, everything was good. And they continued doing whatever they were doing, whether it was a barbecue, whatever, supper. It doesn't, irrelevant. Um, the ball that they were playing with, which was outside the gate, um, I guess got managed to get back inside, or maybe there was a dog that got rotted over, whatever it was, and fell into the pool. And one of the ch- one of his children, who was three years old at the time, saw the ball in the pool and was like, oh, "I need to take the ball out the pool." So wanted to get in to the pool area. Tried the gate; the gate was locked. However, something that no one realized was that one of the bars of the gate was broken, and this child managed to open up the bar, like he pushed it, I guess. It was strong enough, or it wasn't, you know, it was loose enough, whatever. And he got through, and he tried to get the ball. A few minutes later, he was in the pool. His friend, who again, three years old, saw this happen. He was the only one that saw it happen. And started to come inside and saying, Chaim needs help, Chaim needs help, we have to save Chaim. What are you talking about? No one had a clue. He's only a three-year-old child saying we have to say Chaim. Like, well, what's going on? Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Chill out. Just go and eat some more chips. Whatever, you know? Until they realized, maybe there's something more to what he's saying. They ran outside and they found the boy at the bottom of the pool. They, they dived in. This man, the father of the boy, said to me that instead of a parent instinct, what kicked in was his medical knowledge instinct and he started to do what needed to be done complete Nisim V'Niflois Chazdei Hashem he managed to get the breathing going a pulse going and by the time Hatzalah came which was literally he said within 60 to 120 seconds later then the whole Maisa happened they're able to rush him to the hospital and Baruch Hashem he's alive and well but he did say that at the time I don't know if anyone remembers three years ago there were many stories of 
kids falling in pools and dying. And in fact, in that hospital where he was, the surgeon, the person, the in fact, there was a trauma expert that came in who was a from Yid, who wasn't actually, it wasn't even his shift. He happened to have been there because he was filling in for somebody else. From Yid walked in, because because when a person had CPR, they had to have trauma, uh, making sure everything's okay. The from Yid walks in and he started to cry. And he said, said to the father, this is the first one and the only one that we've seen like this. Because unfortunately, we normally get them at a different stage. And the father told me this this morning. And he said, how the Rabbani Shalom set up that he, short time before that, he needed to go to work. And he needed to choose something. And he chose that. And he was there at that time. And that saved his son's life. Now, that's an amazing story. When I, I, wow, it shook me. But, you know, we should take that and understand that maybe, you know, Baruch Hashem, we don't have to ever go through that. We should never go through that. No one should ever go through that. But we should realize that the Rabbanishim runs our lives. And we don't even see it sometimes. We don't see how, even in the small things, the Rabbanishim runs every bit of our lives. And sometimes when we step back and we look at the greatest picture, and we see that, wow, the Rabbanishim, he runs everything. And we never understood why that happened, but now we understand why it happens. You know, how many boys have told me how they got to this yeshiva was because they met someone who knew the yeshiva, and because of that, that like everything runs in a way that we don't understand it. And sometimes we don't have the opportunity to stop and think about how our lives are what they are because of the Rabbani Shalom, and how much we have to thank Hashem for everything that we have. This is the time, Rosh Hashanah says to me, Yom Kippur, this is the time that we stop and we make a little bit of inspection into our lives. Who who gave us everything? Who gives us everything? Who's going to continue? Who do we owe everything to? The Rabbani Shalom. And, and we should stop and think. We should do this every day. Halavai. I, I, I made a boy. There was a certain boy in the yeshiva who was going through a really hard time. Really, really hard time. And, and, and it was Taka a hard time. He'd gone through a hard upbringing and he was going through a hard time in yeshiva. And he came to me and what should we do? We were discussing it. I gave him an exercise to do, which I've done with many, and I believe it's amazing, and maybe one day we'll discuss it at length, and maybe we'll do it here as well. I mean, you guys could do it now, but we'll discuss it properly. And I told him to start writing down every day something that he sees that Hashem does for him in his life. He did it. He told me recently, it's changed his whole perspective. All of a sudden, he's, cha- he's trained his mind to think about everything comes from Hashem. And everything that comes from Hashem is called called the Ovid Rahmana, Latav Ovid. Everything Hashem does is for the good. We don't always see it. We don't always recognize it. We may never see it. But the small times that we do see it are the times that we need to focus in, highlight it, put it in huge italics, capital letters, big highlight. This comes from Hashem. And our whole lives come come from Hashem. And little do we realize it. And I guarantee that if we start working on that, you will change your perspective. In your life, in your marriage, in your work, in your pranasa, in your children, in everything that you have, because it comes from Hashem. And yes, there are challenges, and yes, there are hard times. We're not putting that down. And they are, these are nisyonis. These are challenges for us to be able to grow from. And they're hard challenges, right? I spoke about this a lot in Antwerp to girls. A lot of girls have individual shyness about their personal lives that are so difficult, whether the upbringing and all sorts of things that they had problems with. And they had, had tough times with the eight horrors and challenges and, and Yusoyinus and all sorts of things, which we all have. And I, and, and I explain this again and again. An Yusoyin is an opportunity. It depends what we do with it. We can either be depressed and upset and sad and angry, or we could say, God, thank you. I'm not, we don't ask for Yusoyinus, we don't ask for challenges. Never. We dive in that we don't get them. But when we do get them, we thank Hashem because it's an opportunity to grow from. That's what it is. So Rabbi Sai, the story that I heard this morning was a mind-blowing story. 
absolutely amazing. But I, I want to take it as an opportunity to realize that, yeah, that was a big thing and he saw that in his life. That's amazing. But we have to learn to see even the small things in our lives as well. Okay.